Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and I am so excited because I have my guest is Lucy Hutchins Hunt, who is the most amazing, incredible woman and human that you're going to meet. And I really wanted to talk to her because if anyone understands what it means to really dig deep and get clear on what you really want and what you believe you are supposed to be doing as opposed to following what everybody else's idea is for you, um, it's Lucy. She just gets it. And, and her road has not been easy, but it's been amazing. And so we're going to talk a little bit about her journey today in the next 20 to 30 minutes. And um, before we get started, I want to read you a little bit of her bio. And this bio will be posted when the episode goes up as well. So Lucy is a heart-led business growth architect. She mixes vision, humanity, and technology to unleash her client's entrepreneurial potential. She is the CEO of Digital Agency Systemized, the creator of the Certified Virtual Business Managers course, and the host of Live the Change podcast. Lucy is committed to helping her clients reach their unique potential in life and business. And her gift is seeing the brilliance in people when they can't see it in themselves or haven't given themselves permission to see it yet. She also loves helping to solve complex business positioning problems and working out big picture solutions. Personal development combined with brave branding and long game lean digital strategy is what Lucy specializes in. She doesn't want to see clients flash in the pan. She wants to see them grow and thrive viably, organically, enduringly. Now on a personal level, she's been through a life mill in her 30 plus years um, on this earth. She helps, this helps her identify with lots of issues that often hold people back in life and in business. She has suffered from mental and hormonal health issues, including depression, PMDD, and PTSD. And she endured a crazy making, all-consuming eating disorder that marred her youth. She is also a proud recovering alcoholic in a 12-step recovery program. Now, at times, these illnesses threaten to completely derail her if not put an early into her. But with work and age, she has learned to accept and live with them as well as positively channel her addictive personality. With the help of some great mentors and coaches, Lucy has worked through her issues and forged a sometimes rocky path to recovery and personal growth. She has lived to tell the tale and thrive in business as the CEO of her successful digital marketing and web development agency. She's become a proud mother of three, and perhaps most importantly, she's become grateful to be someone who has peace of mind whilst being well enough to help others. Lucy, welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laurel. It's just really lovely to hear your voice again and to, I know we're in different countries, but to feel like I'm in your presence is really special. Well, thank you. Yes, and, and to my listeners, Lucy is, well, you're in France right now, right? But living in Scotland. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, am, I am British. But I get itchy feet. I don't like being in any one country for too long or any one place for too long, actually. Right. 
um, much to my family's um, despair sometimes, I think. <laughs> um, currently, I'm in France for at least six months. I've got my youngest daughter with me. Well, my, my daughter, I've only got one daughter, my youngest child with me. And my boys are at boarding school in Scotland, where I also have a base. And yeah, I'm just, I'm currently looking at the snow-capped Pyrenees, but it's 23 ah. degrees. So I could technically be sunbathing. Right? Um, That's awesome. I'm not, I'm talking to you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. And I think that that in and of itself is also something that, you know, many aspire to do is to truly be able to be, that nomad and work from anywhere. And, and in our age now, that is something that is so much easier to do. And so as we, as we think about you know, your journey, what is so fascinating to me and so powerful to me is, is everything that you've been through and how that has now formed what you do. So talk a little bit briefly kind of about your journey to CEO of Systemized. And then I wanna talk about your new course as well before we leave. Okay, cool. Um, so just to your point earlier about being a nomad, I, um, I have to say that for me, this is being able to work digitally and flexibly. I think the internet is such a gift to our generation because the idea that I can just up sticks and come and live in France for six months and, and still run my business effectively and, and actually probably more attentively than if I were in the UK because there are fewer distractions here in terms of social life because I don't know that many people here. So I'm really focused on my work and my child. And that is such a gift to be able to pick my business up and literally take it wherever I go. And I don't think if, you'd have, if you had asked me in the early days of my career, whether that was even something I envisaged that could be possible, I probably would have said, no, don't be silly. To have a really successful career, you've got to be dedicated to a specific place or a specific city um, or country. But, you know, for me, I have totally disproven that. And now I really am, you know, master of my or mistress of my own um, geographical destiny. But right. I can bring my business with me as and when I feel like it. And I, and I feel so privileged to have that. Um, and you asked about how my journey has brought me here and, um, gosh, I guess my first, my first step into entrepreneurialism was, um, I, I was a bit of a, you know, I was one of your, I know that you're, you've got an HR background and you probably have been, if I'd have submitted my CV to you in my early twenties, you'd probably have rolled your eyes because I'd been in pretty much every industry I started off in PR. I wanted to work in PR because I just, do you, do you, do you get the program um, Absolutely Fabulous? In, in yeah. Oh, I love that show. Yes. <laughs> so this is, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but in all honesty, I, I really wanted to be like Patsy and Dina, which is such a pitiful thing to say. <laughs> yes. But when I was at university, I did an English degree and I, and I, I really wanted to work in the PR industry because I thought it looked glamorous and fun and exciting. And I, I, you know, and obviously I'm a recovering alcoholic now, but at the time I loved, you know, drinking bubbly. So mm -hmm. for me, it's just like, boom, boom, tick box, tick box, tick box. So I managed to get myself um, an internship, which led into a job in the PR industry in London. Um, and I did enjoy that, but it didn't pay very much. So I, I after, after about eight months, I hopped ship. And I went and got a job on the trading floor in the city. And that was, you know, great. But again, it, it didn't really float my boat. And, and then I got another job and I just kept changing jobs. I went, I was in real estate for a while. And then I went and worked in the charity sector. And I just 
you know, I couldn't really settle in a specific industry. I, I found everything fascinating. Everything was interesting, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then when, when I started to get sober around about the age of 23, 24, I met a lady who gave me a job in her recruitment consultancy. And that was the real starting point for my career because she taught me how to sell. Ah, yeah, it was. And I hadn't known that before. Before I just felt like, you know, I was a bit of a, an add-on in the office, you know, doing a bit of paperwork here and a bit of filing there and answering the phone here. And, and, and what, gave, what, what I learned from this lady, Lizzie, who, who, who had me in her recruitment consultancy was I really had the agency to go out and make money, you know, and, and all I needed to make money was the guts to get on the phone and pick it up. And, and to speak to anyone and, ev and everyone that would, would hear my message mm -hmm. and um, the ability to research leads. Uh, in those days, that was the yellow pages. Do you mm -hmm. have the yellow pages in the Oh, States? yes. <laughs> I remember <laughs> redundant the yellow now, Redundant now, but right. nowadays, Google, isn't it? Um, right. And that was a real turning point for me because I suddenly, I realized that I loved to sell and I loved working towards goals and I loved the sense of achievement when you achieved a goal. And, and especially a financial goal. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that for me was a real turning point. Um, and I worked for her for a while and then, you know, lo and behold, the itchiness, itchy feet hit me again. And actually what I wanted to do, I decided was go and set up my own business because I can make money. Look right? at me, you know? <laughs> look at me. I, I've got a telephone and a yellow pages and I've got guts and balls or whatever you want to call them and I can right. make money. Um, and so off I went and invested all the money that I'd saved up from earning, earning, you know, uh, cash in my recruitment career in this new business idea that I had. And, and that was going to make me a dot-com millionaire. And it sort of did help me on my way for a while, but right. yeah. Yeah. You want to well, hear the, <laughs> the sticky ending? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what's interesting to me though, Lucy, is, you know, if you step back to you, found this woman, it was recruiting, and you say you, you had never thought about selling before, but then you realized, hey, I can sell. This is something I can do. What was that trigger for you? Was it the first time you called? Was it, what gave you the guts to just say, I've never done this before, but I'm gonna try it anyway? Well, that's interesting. Um, I think it's because at that point, I felt really lucky to have a job because ah. I, I had quite low self-esteem, self-confidence, and I was really grateful that, that this lady, Lizzie, had given me an opportunity, and I didn't want to let her down. Um, mm -hmm. But also, you know, I needed to earn a crust. I needed money, and quite frankly, this was, this was, this was an opportunity to make money. And, and when she showed me the, the sort of roadmap for what I could make if I, if I hit my targets, I was really incentivized by that. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, it, it, it took having a mentor like her. I wouldn't have, you know, I come from, my parents are professionals. I, I was sort of told at school that if you wanted to be successful, you, you should get a professional qualification and, you know, be a lawyer or a dentist or a doctor or something. Right. It, it never crossed my, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't something that was talked about in my family or at school. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had no, nobody to, to model myself on as an entrepreneur. And so right. it was really, for me, working with, accidentally working with this, this mentor was such a, 
it's so exciting because I could see her closing deals on the phone and, and she sort of, she, she, she eased me in gently and she, I'm sure she gave me some easy clients to deal with uh, first off. But mm -hmm. the first couple of times I got it, I was just like, boom, boom, this feels good. And then you kind of, you get your confidence up and you can go out and, and, um, you know, get, get a bit more creative with your own, be, be a bit more resourceful in your own mm -hmm. lead generation. And yeah, it's, it sort of fell in my lap, but at the same time, I, I grabbed it with both hands because I had to, and I didn't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great motivator. You know, that's a really great motivator. So, so now you, you know, you've done this, you decided, okay, so now I know I'm good at this. I'm going to go start my own thing, which again, you know, saying, which I think a lot of us have that, which is interesting, you know, not, no, no one in our lives really said be an entrepreneur or nothing in school when we were coming up really said, go do your own business. It was all about getting a job, working for someone else. But now you've gone through this and you said, hey, pff, no worries, I could do this. Piece of cake, no problem. And you yeah. say it worked in the beginning. So then what started happening? What were your like realizations, both in the, on the personal side around, ooh, this, I think this is really what I want to do. And then on the practical side of, ooh, wait, this is what this really means to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think there's one thing, it's one thing being able to sell mm -hmm. and, you know, doing that within the remit of somebody else's business where they, they've got the risk and, you know, they're financing the, the operation. And it's another thing being, if you like, the CEO or the, the managing director of a business and also having to sell. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're two totally different things. And I, I'll be really honest with you, um, Laurel, I, I, I got a bit cocky. You know, I was young and I, I had a taste of what I thought was, you know, sales success. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, how difficult can it be to run your own business, you know? And I think I was, it was 2005 when I launched my, my, my first business. I can't, mm -hmm. I think it was 23, 24. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, apart from having a little bit of success in sales, I really didn't have much life experience and mm -hmm. certainly had no mentors in business other than this lady, Lizzie in the recruitment consultancy. And I just, after, after I expended all of my energy in getting that business up and running and, and, you know, investing in an awful lot of money in the platform and the, the visuals and the branding, etc., I kind of ran out of steam. Mm. And, and I ran out of steam, not just because I exhausted myself, but because I didn't know, I didn't have the resources to, to, to keep going and to take it to that sort of executive level, which mm -hmm. you know, now I'm in my forties is, it's a complete, you know, life experience in itself is, is a, is a, is a great teacher when it comes to what, what's the next right decision to make. But as a young person, you know, there was just this kind of slight lack of, resilience and, and actual just um you know being able to, not being able to necessarily make the right next the next right decision mm -hmm. i was too young but i you know in retrospect it was the most wonderful learning experience because mm -hmm. oh god i wouldn't i wouldn't have the business i have now if i hadn't have started and failed in my business in my 20s if, if does that make sense it makes absolute sense and i think that's really important you know guys as you're listening to lucy is that you know, you, we hear all these these quotes, right? Um, it's not failure, it's learning. Um, some of the best learning you have is from when you fail. Um, and, and that's great to just see these quotes, but I think it's important for people to hear what you just said, which is 
yes, you know, it was painful and I didn't know what I was doing. And, but I had this confidence to just go out and try it, but I wouldn't be where I am now had I not done that. And I think sometimes our fear of just taking a chance prevents us from getting to our ultimate goal because we're afraid to take the first step, which may be really painful, right? I mean, so, I, was so, I was so cocky. I, I genuinely, I was just like, I'm going to be, you know, the next big dot-com millionaire. I, 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 and I could just see it. I could see right. it, could vision it in my mind's eye in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look back and I think, well, maybe if I'd just done this instead of that, and maybe if I'd have just done this or spoken to that person or got this investor instead of that investor, you know, it could have been a different story, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that, but the fact is, I, the fact, the fact that I had that kind of get up and go, I, I, I'm always, I'm slightly kind of like, who, who did I think I was? Well, who, who, you know, who did I think, you know, I, I totally get, I appreciate that now that I, anyone that thinks, that they are that person absolutely it's as far as i'm concerned it's divine download you need to if you if you're getting that if you're getting that kind of desire to go and step into that bigger future then actually it's really dangerous to ignore it um it wasn't meant to be that i was going to be the, the you know the next mark zuckerberg in my 20s but but it was part of my story to get me where i am my story was you know different i was meant to not succeed at that point but and then learn the lessons that I did in the, in the time after. But it, you know, if I, I think it would have been really, really dangerous not to have taken, not to, to have ignored that, that inspired light bulb moment. Am I making sense? Absolutely. And, and I love that, that divine download and inspired light bulb moment. Um, because I think we often ignore those, you know, I say, God's got to burn a bush for me, to, for me to get it. And sometimes it is that really big picture when we see it, and we think, oh no, maybe I'm just being too arrogant. That's not really it. It's to just dive into that because you don't know. You don't know. It may fail, but it may not. So just take the leap. Be, be, be cognizant of the decision you're making, but just take the leap and, and understand, you know, what's the worst that can happen. And so just keep, keep moving. So, you know, so you've gone out this first time, you know, in your early twenties and you've started this business. And so what in that process was kind of your turning point, your most significant learning in this first effort that then catapulted you to the next, like, systemized in your digital agency and the stuff that you're doing now? Well, on a practical level, um, I, I built my, my web, my business was a online platform. It was an online glossy women's magazine. Um, and I invested a lot of money in a digital platform which became redundant very quickly with the onset of web 2.0 mm. you remember that phrase and user-generated content so I created a redundant platform pretty much by the time I'd launched it so what happened was I ran out of money quite quickly so I needed to teach myself to code and I needed to basically get um, get my head around how I could update my own website without having to shed loads of cash on a daily basis to my web developer mm -hmm. so from a from a very practical perspective that was that was a really good thing because i had to upskill very quickly mm -hmm. and those skills were formed the basis for of what i do now in 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 my business systemized um you know and i, I became very confident very quickly in this new landscape which a lot of people 
didn't become confident in or didn't choose to upskill in. So I was, you know, so even though that business didn't work, what I did was I, I, I furnished myself with a set of skills inadvertently um, that had that created a really good platform for me to leverage later on. Um, but it's only with hindsight that I could see that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> hindsight is 2020, as they say. Yeah. I mean, the other, the other great thing, of course, was, um, was actually, I know it's, I've said this, I said this earlier, but it's actually failing was a really good thing for me. It really was. And it took me a long time to, to overcome that. But when I, when I finally put my pride to one side, I realized that that is the lessons that I learned in, in that failure have been the, the real um, uh, foundations upon which I built my new business. So one of the things that I realized when I unpicked my failure was that I didn't have systems. And of course that's led me to be absolutely the queen of systems in my new business. Right. Hence, the, hence calling it systemized. Right. You know, I, I'm a massive fan of the book, um, the e-myth by, um, by Gerber yes. and I would so you know for me all my clients that I work with now I'm like let's strip it right back and let's look at the systems mm -hmm. and then we build layer upon layer on top of the systems um, instead of kind of going in creating a hot mess and then trying to layer on the systems further down the line does, does right. that make sense yeah yes yes garbage in garbage out right it's hard to build a strong business on a shaky foundation yeah. And of course, the first time I did it, I had no idea about that. It was all an idea. And um, I was just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, um, mm -hmm. layer on layer of pasta. You know, it was a big hot mess of pasta. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it was okay for a while, but there's, it just wasn't sustainable. So now my, my, the, everything I do is about creating really strong, sustainable systems foundations, which you can then layer up to create wow factor further down the line in whatever it is, whether it's your digital marketing, whether it's your website, whether it's your customer relations, it's just, it's all about systems to me now. Gotcha. And one thing you said just a minute ago was when you were, that failure was really important to you and that when you were able to put your pride to one side, you were able to move forward. Dig a little bit deeper into that because I think we all have, we all have desire, we all have things we want to do. And there's a level of pride in what we put out, right? So we want to be proud of what we do. We want to be confident in what we do. And we want other people to see what we do as, as good or exceptional or even expert. How did you move through that process of just saying, okay, I got to, this didn't work. It was a failure, but I just need to take the learning and not take the hurt. How did you do that? It took me a really long time. Um, I... I felt like it, it was a bit like a grieving process for me. You know, I sort of, when I made the decision to close my first business, um, I very quickly found myself a corporate job, um, which in hindsight was the best thing I could have done because I learned so much off the boss that I then went to work for, um, which I now, you know, draw upon in my, in my role and my a CEO of my own business because I was, I was the EA to a, the CEO of a global corporate. Um, so I... I kind of had to button up my pride to go and to go back into the corporate workplace and work for someone else again. So that was the first thing. But then after a while, I think I allowed what I realized is that doing that quite quickly and moving into that role and submerging myself in that role. What I did is I sort of put 
put the grieving process of, a, of losing my business, my baby on hold for quite a long time, you know, mm -hmm. for quite a few years even. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it really only came back to bite me in the bum, I think, after my second child. And then mm -hmm. finally, it really, you know, really caught up with me after my third child when I was thinking, what am I going to do? Because I want to go back to work. I want to be financially self-supporting. But I, do I really have the guts to start again? And who, you know, what if I fail again? And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to look like an idiot again. But at the same time, it was as though if I didn't do it, it was this extreme cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really desperately wanted to do it. I, I start my business again, but there was, it, you know, my past example had been quite, you know, it hadn't, hadn't worked. And there were various voices around me who were sort of like, well, do you really need, do you really want to go down that route? Wouldn't it be safer to just get a nice secretarial job? Or perhaps you could be a teacher or, um, you know, do something that fits around the children, dear. Mm. And, you know, to go back into the role of founder and entrepreneur again it, it took me really having to shut out the naysayers and not listen to the the people that were kind of feared for me on my behalf mm -hmm. but also have to really kind of go look if I fail again I fail again I just have to do this because if I don't I'm not being true to myself because I I'm called to do it and I just have to I have to dig deep and, and kind of go for it because otherwise I'm not going to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And, and that's really important too, right? Because I think one of the things you said that, that is critical is those people that are, there are those naysayers that are truly just haters, right? They just, mm -hmm. they see you doing something and they just don't want you to do it because they can't do it. But then there are others who are saying things without intent of being harmful. And often those are the hardest, right? Because you know they have your best interests. It's not that they don't want you to follow your dream. It's that they are afraid for you, right? They are concerned for you. They want the best for you. And those can be the most powerful voices that can sometimes hinder us from, from pursuing our calling out of good intent. It's not always the people that you know don't have your best interests. It's the people that you know have your best interests that sometimes hurt the worst, right? Oh, my gosh. I totally, yeah, I completely hear you and I think the only thing I would say to that is with in hindsight now five years on from having restarted in business and proven my naysayers wrong uh, you know a hundred times over even and, and it's not linear by the way business isn't linear right. it's not like I started again and it all got and it was just an easy and I'm just you know it, I, right. it, the healing's not linear I think business is not linear you mm -hmm. know I think the journey of the growth journey in business is not linear. You know, you go up and you think, wow, this is great. I'm on top of the world. I'm going to tell everyone else how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, something will come and whack you around the head and, and you'll fall flat on your face and think, ah, oh, that was the universe telling me to not get too big for my boots. And then you right. pick yourself up again and you, you, you know, and I, and, and right now I'm on and up and I'm, I'm loving every minute, minute of it. And I feel like I've totally been, validated in all my choices that I've made previously mm -hmm. um but you know it, it it sort of takes hindsight to to be able to validate those reasons those those decisions and when you're when you're faced with people like you say who care about you 
and who otherwise have your best interests at heart and they're questioning your motives or they're questioning your decisions mm -hmm. it's really really hard sometimes to to put their to wrap their opinions up put them in a nice little box put a bow on the top and just put them to one side because it can be it can knock you off course um but i you know and i and i think the only thing that i can say to that is we have to learn uh, we have to understand our, our own intuition and and have that in, in a compass and be really true to it and if, if you if you as an individual really feel called to do something and you can see it and you can believe you know you can see it in your mind's eye i believe that's some kind of divine download on some level you know um i'm not talking kind of like really airy fairy stuff i'm right. talking is this is this something that's going to lead you to be a better version of yourself and to help the world be a better place on you know is this really you know, is this really something that you can that you can create a roadmap for mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. validate that and if you can then it's probably because that's that's the universe speaking to you and calling you to do it and calling it to bring calling you to bring it to fruition in some way um yeah so so as you as you kind of look back on the whole journey because now you know systemize is up and, and running and and i want to talk a little bit about your new digital course that you're in beta right now um yeah. what so far has been do you think the most significant learning you have had in this journey from you know corporate to entrepreneurship to corporate back to entrepreneurship, you know, doing what you had to do to get to your ultimate dream. What has been your most significant learning? Nothing is, nothing is a waste of time. Nothing is a waste of time. Even when you feel like you're wasting your time, it's not a waste of time. Um, every single job that I've had, every single iteration of my career, albeit a brief, you know, dalliance in a specific industry, everything, every, every, every experience I've had with, with a different boss or different difficult client or a difficult boss or an amazing boss or amazing clients, none of it is a waste of time because it all leads you on to iterating the next best version of whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I've had some, you know, I had one, I've had an amazing corporate boss and I've had an absolutely awful corporate boss who, you know, I think I've shared with you that it was just so soul destroying. It was working mm -hmm. I felt like he was a sociopath and it was just so, so soul destroying, but it was in hindsight, such a great thing because before that I was quite naive and I just thought right. everyone got out of bed every morning to make the world a better place. And mm -hmm. the experience of working with that guy made me realize that actually, no, there are some assholes in the world and I'm much wiser person for it. And I'm able to kind of have that on my radar when I'm making decisions about who I do business with. Mm -hmm. So, I would say nothing is a waste of time. You know, even if I, I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, mm -hmm. um, summer and it, you know, in hindsight, that was probably the foundation of my entrepreneurial spark because I was looking at, at, at the guy that owned the three franchises of McDonald's in the area where I lived and thinking, wow, this guy comes into work like maybe four times a week for a couple of hours a week. And he drives one of the nicest cars I've ever seen. Apparently he earns, x amount of money which is more money than i've seen any of my professional relatives earning <laughs> and i'm thinking 
what, you know, this is, this is business, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, so even though I was flipping burgers for a summer, which to some people might seem quite humble and a waste of time, actually what I was doing was observing how a really well systemized business works. That's uh, awesome. That's does that awesome. Make sense? You know, so I just think nothing is a waste of time. Um, unless, you know, unless you're kind of sitting around for, for an, a lifetime feeling miserable right. and not doing anything, that's a waste of time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> doing nothing. Well, and, and it's so important. I said this in a, in a, a speech I was giving, I was talking to some students and people make fun of, you know, if you worked in fast food or if you've done these things, but I got to tell you, even though I, I have not done this, McDonald's is one of the best training grounds you can get. It, it oh. truly is. And they, and they intent, they are intent upon building skills and building good work for people. And I just, I, you know, don't sleep on McDonald's. I mean, they're doing some, some really good stuff for people. So talk a little bit about, so you, you've done systemized, you've got this digital agency, your podcast listeners, if you've not listened to live the change podcast, go out there, subscribe now. And Lucy's got some amazing amazing episode so go out there and subscribe to live the change and um but talk a little bit about this class that you have now started and kind of the format and why you started it and what you're hoping to help people with through this new course sure thanks thanks for mentioning it because it, it really is my baby again and um it's been a long time coming you know i i knew i wanted to create something that that would help me really scale my the essence of my message in systemize, which is all about creating um, streamlined laptop ready businesses. And I really wanted to create something that was going to reach an, you know, an un, a number of people that, that kind of doesn't, an infinite number of people in time, if that makes sense. And, and because, because in an agency you're working kind of not, I'm not one-on-one -on -one with clients. I've got a team, but at the same time, there's only so many people we can help when we're working, when we're working face to face. So this idea that, that, that the internet allows us to create a totally scalable offering is just has been so exciting to me for so long, but I haven't, it wasn't until this year that I finally brought it to fruition. And essentially I've created a program called certified virtual business managers, which mm -hmm. trains people to do what I did in systemize, which is get to that six figure, um, digital agency small digital agency very quickly so mm -hmm. rather than spend sort of two and a half to three years getting there the idea is that you can spend six months to a year getting from zero to hero in a in a digital agency uh, freelancer stroke digital agency business and i take people through the blueprint for that um and over a three-month period they they basically build their own website and that's the coursework um, but the idea is that they can then go out and uh, and do it for themselves again and again and again or serve other clients who need it done for them. So we go through website building on WordPress and we also go through um, digital marketing funnel building and uh, you know, everything that gets you from zero to hero and having a in an, in a in an online business. That's amazing. And you're in beta right now. So then what's the what's the next plan once your beta is done? So I ha currently have 40 people on my beta course and it's a three month course. So we are, we're working really intensively and I'm honing the content. I wrote the content last year, but this year it's all about this, this quarter, it's all about really honing that content, making, getting feedback from my beta customers, um, 
my beta attendees and just hearing what they've got to say, you know, slightly reorganizing some of the modules so that some become before others because it feels more natural that way. Just really understanding, uh, you know, tweaking it to tweaking it so that it's even better than it than I than it was going to be had I just launched it straight off. Um, and then in May, we have a live launch um, for that. And it's going to, you know, I'm hoping to have, you know, hundreds of people on that on that on that on that call on that course and you know we so we have we have pre-recorded lessons but it's all complemented with live lessons twice twice weekly live lessons awesome i love it it's it's that ability to spread your message and help more people um and it's so aligned with your whole plan you know of digitization and being able to build your business and run your business optimally no matter where you are it's freedom right freedom Absolutely. And, and I think if I go back to, to what I was trying to do when in my twenties, you know, I was, I was trying to build that digital business that, that would give me freedom and that, that, you know, through the content that I was creating would give others freedom. And I feel like I'm really finally doing it because even just with the 40 people that I've got on my course at the moment, the feedback I'm getting is so positive. And, you know, essentially I'm empowering these course attendees to go and create flexible laptop ready businesses you know where they can do what I'm doing if they want to i.e go no I'm going to earn a really good self-supporting income doing what I enjoy doing doing fulfilling work with the kind of clients that I really want to work with and I'm going to work wherever I want to work as long as I have wi-fi because you can't do this without wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> right but essentially it's 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 liberation and i for so long felt trapped before, you know when i was thinking oh i've got to go back into another corporate job but i don't really want to live in near a big city but i you know and 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 sort of making these compromises which just didn't feel right and, and it wasn't what i wanted to do for the rest of my life and i feel so liberated now to be able to live this lifestyle where I can kind of up sticks and go and live in France for six months or on my, on my goals list, I want to go and live in Manhattan beach for six months. I don't know if I'm technically allowed to, <laughs> right. have to get a green card or something, but yeah. assuming that I can, I can get around that one, then, you know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, I just want to be able to go and explore and enjoy all these different places. And I can do that. And I feel really passionately about sharing the technical, the, 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 the how to with others, because I know there are other people out there who, who want that, that lifestyle too. I know that, I know, I mean, I've got 40 of them already on my course. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I tell you that, and this is why I really wanted to bring you on Lucy, because I think people have this idea that, um, you know, it's, it's it, things are either all bad or all good, right? It's all bad to be in a corporate job or it's all bad to go be an entrepreneur. It's all good. And, and the reality is, there's a combination of all of that for most people, right? There are very few who start out just as entrepreneurs or very few people who just start out as just corporate and that's all they do. People move around and, and as you say, nothing is a waste of time unless you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Nothing mm -hmm. is a waste of time. And there's always an opportunity if you're really listening to get that, as you say, divine download. What is that thing in your heart that you really want to do? And then taking action because Imperfect action is better than, you know, perfect inaction. Just go, go do, go try. So as we, as we come to a close, because I want to be respectful of your time as well, and I'm so thankful that all the way from, from France that you agreed to be on my, on my podcast, 
what is kind of the last thing that you would tell people? And then I want to get your, how people can get in touch with you and find you. So what's the last piece of advice you would, you would tell my listeners about just doing that thing that is finding their perfect fit? Oh, finding the perfect fit. I think, I think it's about really looking into your heart, looking into your soul and asking yourself, who do I want to be? And if I get to the end of my life and I haven't stepped into that person, how will I feel? Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if you're kind of, if you can envisage yourself at the end of your life thinking, gosh, I wish I'd done that. And I wish I'd been there and I wish I'd tried that and being really angry with yourself for not doing it, then it's really on your head that you have to go out there and, and at some point make that happen. If you can envisage yourself being at the end of your life thinking, well, I would have liked to do all that, but actually I'm very happy and I've lived a fulfilled life and I'm okay without, without doing it, then, then that's okay. But it's, it, for me, it's really about, as far as we know, we've got one chance in this body, in this, in this, in this iteration of life. Mm-hmm. And I, I just personally don't want to get to the end and think I didn't give it my all. And I didn't try all of those different things that I, that I knew that I potentially wanted to. Um, I yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. I wasn't too well. No, that's perfect. I love it. I love it. It's, it's all about really, really looking inside and saying, you know, what's worse the stuff that I tried and failed or the stuff that I didn't even try. Yeah, that's it. And rigorous honesty, I would say rigorous honesty and not kind of going, not just listening to other people and sort of shutting down your own inner inner voice because it's easier to listen to other people or they're louder and not sort of getting, getting, you know, thinking that you got to stay in this corporate job because that's what you have to do. You know, Uh it's being rigorously honest and and just being true to that honest version of yourself looking in the mirror and being really really honest i love it now how do people find you lucy so i i'm i'm lucy hutchings hunt pretty much everywhere i think forward slash lucy hutchings hunt with a g hutchings with a g um and obviously forward slash systemized if you're looking for my digital agency and that's systemized with a z so hutchings with a g and systemized with a z love it <laughs> love it and i will make sure when i post her her um bio and everything for the episode that you guys get that and get all the links laurel um, can i can i just say one thing because i just want yes. to acknowledge you because i think i love your energy and i love your consistency and i i'm so glad we met i'm so glad that we're in, that you're in my life and because it's just you know i just i love you and i want to thank you for your podcast and for your energy and for all that you do for making the world a better place. Well, thank you, Lucy. That is so sweet. And I, I accept that. And, and I love you too. And we got a chance to meet in a mastermind. And I tell you, every time we were sitting there, I always got something amazing from Lucy. It was just, your insight is just incredible. So the feeling is absolutely mutual, my friend. What you are doing, what you have come through, what you have moved through, what you have overcome, and what you are giving is just, it's incredible. Um, and I cannot wait to see where you live next. The next six months. So, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll be joining you somewhere and come visit. So um, and hang out in the Pyrenees. Yeah, exactly. So thank you all so much. Um, thank you, Lucy, for being on the show. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Rutledge Perspective. And I can't wait to see 
how things go with Lucy and what you're doing. Please feel free to let us know how things are happening with you. Can't wait to hear. Take care. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.